It's Friday. Football Friday. And I'm in a little bit of a basket this weekend, 3 a.m. Coney fans. Uh, I got called into work on Sunday at around game time. So this is a message to all my friends and family. Do not. You know what? I'm just going to turn my phone off. I'm going to go to work in the morning. I'm going to turn my phone off. We're going to have a phone-free day because I don't want any notifications. I'm going to cover my eye at any score or TV. I don't want anybody to talk to me about the Bengals um, because it's a big game on Sunday. At least it could be a big game if the Bengals are somehow to flip their favor, flip their fortune. But I'm going to have to wait until until after the game. I won't get home until the game's completely over. So that'll be interesting. I'll enjoy everything three hours late. I just don't want anything spoiled. Um, But somebody that's about to spoil my mood, I figure that it would not be good as two touchdown underdogs to have just Matt and I's voices this week and Russ Heltman from All Bengals uh, for Sports Illustrated. I would hate to just only have Bengals voices and talk about the hope aspect, we needed to bring on a Ravens voice. So from NBC Sports Washington, it's Andrew Gillis. Give him a follow on Twitter. Andrew, I don't have your Twitter handle in front of me. If you want to go ahead and drop that so people can get, because you do a lot of great NFL work beyond the Ravens, and it's good to keep up with somebody in the division. So thanks for joining us on the show, Andrew, and toss out your Twitter handle for us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's uh, at Andrew underscore Gillis 70 on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the uh, the shout out on Twitter. Sometimes it feels like you're just kind of shouting into the void. So I appreciate that. Yeah, man. And listen, since the Bengals and Ravens are going to be the two best teams in the division over the next five years, <laughs> we got <laughs> got to stay updated on Baltimore. And really, I want to dive into this matchup from a Ravens perspective. And the biggest story this week, obviously, is one that I think is personally a non-story, but you're in it, you're around it, you're covering it. Lamar Jackson missed two practices this week, practice today. What's your update on Lamar's health? Yeah, uh, so I I was at practice this morning, uh, and it was obviously the biggest deal. Everybody had, you know, their binoculars, and everybody was, was ready to roll to see if he was out there. Uh, he came, he came jogging out. He looked good. Uh, told a Ravens uh, team media member, uh, someone who works for the team, that you know they did a little hype video for him. He said, you know, 100% feeling good. Uh, John Harbaugh said he's feeling good later, a little bit later. Uh, the, yeah, like you said, non-story. Uh, Lamar Jackson's gonna play. It's 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 not really a debate. He he had a sore knee. They said on Wednesday he was supposed to practice on Thursday, and uh, they sent him home due to a stomach bug, virus, whatever you want to call it. And uh, he, uh, he was there today, so he, uh, he'll be ready to roll. Well, you know, I consider that good news because the Lamar Jackson-Joe Burrow rivalry could really be one that is full of storylines and full of intrigue um, over the next few years, especially in the same division. Uh, Lamar and Joe were actually in the same recruiting class coming out. Obviously, Lamar entered the NFL much sooner then Joe Burrow, and that's a storyline that Joe's actually younger. I mean, Joe's actually older than Lamar Jackson, who already has an MVP trophy in his case. So, But let's dive into the other injuries before we move on to breaking the game down. Some secondary injuries I've seen on some outside reports. What's the secondary health? Are there any key pieces missing this weekend for the Baltimore defense? Yeah, um, it will, so for the secondary, it's still... It's still kind of up in the air. I, I would expect 
the secondary to be um, to really kind of to be there. Uh, Marcus Peters and uh, Jimmy Smith, uh, they were limited participants uh, all week, including uh, including on Friday. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, it, it didn't, you know, nothing appeared to be to be major with those guys. You know, I wouldn't expect anything. Uh, wouldn't expect anything wrong. I think the only real injury for the Ravens that were that really is, you know, kind of worth uh, kind of worth even thinking about is what it sounds like from John Harbaugh is that their uh, right guard, Tyree Phillips, is uh, is, pro- is probably not going to play with a shoulder injury. He's listed as doubtful on the injury report. Um, but, you know, like I said, Coach Harbaugh kind of made it seem like they were they – were, they, they had a loaded injury report this week. Uh, you know, they have a bunch of guys that are questionable. Um, obviously, some of them are more questionable than others. So it, it looks like it's just a crowded injury report with a lot of guys that are going to play. Yeah, I really miss the probable tag, Andrew. I really oh, miss I it. Too. I really miss it. I, I hate that. We've got all these guys. It's what's awful for fantasy. It's just everybody's questionable. Everybody's questionable. Bengals have Jonah Williams questionable this week. And I, listen, he's definitely going to play. Geno Atkins is questionable. He's a real questionable, but he's most likely going to play. And Joe Mixon has had this chest injury. He's just not taking hits and pra- He's just questionable, but it should be a probable tag because those guys are definitely going to play. Well, it, Lamar has flipped this rivalry on its head. I mean, the Ravens and Bengals for a long time, Andrew, was actually a Bengals slanted rivalry. Andy Dalton and A.J. Green really performed well against Baltimore, even in years that the Bengals weren't necessarily one of the better teams in the league. Obviously, that was a lot of Joe Flacco versus Andy Dalton, which Andy Dalton, in my opinion, was always a little better than Joe. Joe just had the one great playoff run, and he actually ends up higher on my quarterback all-time rankings, although I'd take Andy over Joe tomorrow. But since Lamar Jackson's coming to the fold for Baltimore, 3-0 against Cincinnati and really dominant, dominant performances against the Cincinnati Bengals because the Bengals aren't really designed to stop a player like Lamar Jackson. Nobody can tackle in the secondary, and the linebacking core is young, inexperienced, slow, at times, and they can't tackle either, which is awful against the greatest mobile quarterback of all time. All those things, plus the Bengals' offensive line, I imagine the vibe is pretty relaxed in Baltimore, pretty positive. I mean, what's your feeling about the locker room, the fans, the Baltimore Ravens community about this game this week? What's the vibe? Feeling comfortable? Feeling confident? You nervous? Well, so you know, it's a weird time to be around the Ravens right now because you know you mentioned it you know and I'm I'm glad you said that because you know I think uh you know Harbaugh mentioned today that you know nobody forgot that that last game of the season in 2017 with Tyler Boyd and Andy Dalton so you know that trust me the the Ravens uh certainly haven't forgotten that um that's certainly there and you know, you mentioned also that, uh, you know, no defenses or specifically the Bengals defense is, is not really geared to stop Lamar Jackson. I don't really know how many defenses in the league are. So I don't know if that's uh, yeah, necessarily that's a super big negative for the for the uh, for the Bengals defense. See, but Andrew, but it, it's, you know, it's Andrew. Other defenses give up, you know, a lot of yards and the Bengals mm-hmm. are going to give up. <laughs> I mean, more than a lot. It's going to be an, 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 an insane <laughs> number. I it just we'll get into that in a little bit. Go go ahead and continue on. It's just going to be. It's going to yeah, be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, Lamar is. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see uh, with just where the Ravens are because, like I was saying, you know, it is a weird time because, you know, 
the last week, you know, they, they played the Chiefs and everybody was hyping that game up. And that was the early season Super Bowl. That was the game that they, you know, that they had to win, that everybody was hyping up and everybody was so excited to watch. And the Ravens really did not play well in that game. They, they laid an egg. And then the next three weeks, they play, they play the Washington football team last week. They play the Bengals this week. And they play the Eagles next week. Now, those are three should-be wins. And, you know, obviously the, the Ravens are not taking the Bengals lightly. I don't think you can just with the pass, with Joe Burrow. But there's just something that's off with the Ravens right now. Um, if, you, if you go back and you watch the Washington game, Lamar had Hollywood, Marquise Brown, down the field, you know, like two times would have been touchdowns just a touch off. You know, he had Miles Boykin down the right sideline, just a touch off. They're close. And the scary thing for the rest of the NFL is post-game press conferences, they were like, oh, we're, we're so close. We can get there. And they hung 31 points and gave up 17, including a touchdown and what amounted to garbage time. So uh, I think right now for the Ravens, it's play your own game because if the Ravens play their own game, there's not many teams in the National Football League that are going to beat them. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest question with Baltimore looking from afar is, yeah, when they play their own game, you're not beating them. The problem is to win Super Bowls, you will have to at least one time not play your own game and still find a way to win. And that's been I definitely the biggest bugaboo of the Baltimore era is that the comebacks, the they're uncomfortable, they're in a situation they don't want to be in. How do you find a way to win those games? I'm one that thinks they probably will. Although, with all these great quarterbacks, I don't know. I don't think it's a guarantee that Lamar Jackson wins a Super Bowl. And I feel like the Baltimore fans and fan base understand that as well. That the quarterback play has gotten so good in the league, and there's so many young, really great guys coming in. You've got to take advantage of a quarterback on a cheap contract when you can get it. And if they don't find a way to start coming back against really good teams and playing in uncomfortable situations, it... it, I, I think that's what you're alluding to, is they had this early season Super Bowl, and now I feel like Ravens fans have these really large questions about the long-term future of the team because this roster's loaded from top to bottom, and it's not always going to be like this against Lamar Jackson. Am I hitting that vibe correctly? Is there some sort of worry in the air in Baltimore because of their inability to come back in games and their inability to beat their number one rival in the AFC? Uh, you know, worry might be a little strong, um, but it is certainly a concern, concern. I think, at this sure. point. You know, because Lamar Jackson has lost one uh, National Football League game not against the team not named the Kansas City Chiefs, led by Patrick Mahomes. So everybody's like, you know, everybody can, or at least the regular season game, I should say, because it, it feels like everybody is kind of talking out there that, you know, this, oh, Lamar, you know, can't do this or can't do that. And I'm like, He's lost one. He lost to the Cleveland Browns last year, and then they won twelve games in a row as a team. So, I, like, I, I think right now it's it's an it's a moment where every Ravens fan is is they know what they have in Lamar Jackson, and they know that they've got an MVP quarterback, and it's just wait and see. And you know, you you mentioned the so many great quarterbacks in the league. I mean, last year they lost a playoff game to a guy who completed seven passes. So it's that's it, the Ravens right now are just in a it's a weird spot with you're one of the best teams in the league and 
everybody knows that you've got to get by the Chiefs. You know, um, you know, around this area, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of hockey fans, a lot of Washington Capitals fans, and I, I kind of use the example of the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's like when the Capitals beat the Penguins in 2018 after losing to them so many years in a row, the Capitals went on and beat a uh, a Tampa Bay Lightning team that was the best team in the NFL that, or in the NHL in the next round and then won the Stanley Cup. So I just think it's one of those things where if you can get by the Chiefs, you've climbed Mount Everest, and the only problem is getting back down. Um, but right now it, it really looks like the Chiefs are going to be that big rival for the next 5, 10, 12 years. Yeah, and, and the NFL changes so quick. Um, and I just – my thing about Lamar, because I love Lamar. I wanted the Bengals to – you know the Bengals drafted – Oh, hell. Did we draft Billy Price that year instead of Lamar? Whatever bust the Bengals drafted that year instead of Lamar. <laughs> I wanted Lamar. I thought, this guy is going to work. He can throw the ball good enough, and he's the best runner I've ever seen. And if he just gets refined and gets into a good system, he's going to be a great NFL quarterback. And that's what he's end up being. But the drop-back passing game, it's got to be, I think, just a touch better. They're really good. And I, I'm not sitting here hating on the Ravens because – they are significantly better than the Cincinnati Bengals and, frankly, the rest of the division in a lot of areas. But there are going to be times and games in the NFL, and all the greats have gone through it, where you're going to have to adjust, shift, and change, and you can't be the same pitch time and time again. I think the Ravens know that. I think Lamar knows that. I mean, he mentioned that the Chiefs were his kryptonite. I think that I think we can all agree on that, that the Ravens are missing this one thing, and if they figure it out, I think you're exactly right. I think that if they find a way to get Lamar Jackson to be one step better of a drop-back passer, it's going to be a couple Super Bowls for Baltimore because it is a great, great organization. It's a great head coach. They've got a really solid defense. They're going to keep getting good talent in there. I mean, as, as a division rival, my number one fear is Lamar Jackson taking that next step in his drop-back passing game to where they can start running the type of offense you see the Bengals running. Imagine Lamar Jackson out of empty and being efficient out of it. I mean, that that's a scary thought that I don't really want to think about. Um, let's talk about this pass rush, though. I'm done talking about... I, you know, you know, Andrew, I have said at least 500 times um, since the draft, because I keep looking at the schedule, 500 times since the draft, I've said, oh my God, Lamar's going to destroy us destroy us. And every time I see a highlight, I'm like, this is not going to be good. So I think the Ravens are going to put up points. I think the really important matchup in this game is can the Ravens defense keep the Bengals off the scoreboard? Because the Bengals offense is trending quickly upward as their rookie quarterback becomes comfortable, as their offensive line finds a way to be a patchwork unit and get better week by week. If Joe Burrow has time you know, this Ravens team's allowing 290 yards a game through the air. They're, that's probably, I'd say, their weakest part of their of their team, honestly, is the pass defense at this point, and a big part of that has been the pass rush. Do you think this Ravens defense has a breakout game in terms of a pass rush against this Bengals offensive line? Yeah, um, you know, I think they do, and, and that, you know, what I was, you know, one of the things that I was alluding to earlier when I said that, you know, they played Washington, Cincinnati, and, and Philadelphia in three straight weeks. The Ravens really didn't get after the passer in the first three weeks of the season against Cleveland, Houston, or Kansas City. Now you play, I mean, 
it's still early, but you play three offensive lines who, I mean, let's be real, might be three of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. And, and, I, and I told somebody this last week, uh, and I wrote this in one of my stories, I said that if we learn anything about the Ravens' pass rush in this week or next week, it's going to be a bad thing because they've got to get after the quarterback. Now, last week against Washington, they did. Uh, Matthew Judon, their franchise tag player, he had two sacks, had five quarterback hits. You know, they, I think they hit Dwayne Haskins nine times. Um, they, they, they really got after him. Now, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those things where you're going to need more than just Matthew Judon. You know, you need Calais Campbell to get some push from the inside. You need Derek Wolf to get some push from the inside. That's why they brought those guys in to kind of ease some of that stress on the edge pass rushers. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see, uh, I, you know, and certainly when you look at their secondary with, you know, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, you know, Chuck Clark, who I really like at safety, who's a, who I think is pretty underrated. You've got Jimmy Smith still. I mean, their secondary is absolutely loaded. Um, and we, everybody knows Marcus Peters' ball hawking ability. So I think, I think it's certainly, if, you know, if you look at any numbers, uh, you know, last, Last week, Haskins had, you know, with, I mean, a lot of empty calories, a lot of checkdowns, a lot of, uh, a lot of easy routes the Ravens gave up. And if they're able to get after Joe Burrow, I, I'm really curious to see how Burrow stands in because we all know Burrow's not afraid. We all know Burrow will stand in and take as many shots as he can and, and you know, do what he can to deliver the football down the field. But when the Ra- the Bengals just simply haven't played a Marlon Humphrey Marcus Peters tandem yet, so I'm curious to see how that whole matchup's going to play out. Well, yeah, I, I think the coaching game plan I'm looking at here is because I caught parts of the Ravens Washington game, but by my understanding, it's a lot of hey, we're going to blitz um, to help our defensive line out, and we've got some dudes in the secondary. We're going to let them play man coverage. Is that essentially the strategy they employed against Washington and have been employing over the first four weeks? Yeah, you know, they, they, they certainly like to blitz. Uh, you know, uh, their defensive coordinator, uh, Wink Martindale, he, he blitzes more than anybody in the National Football League. And, you know, one of the things that they really wanted this offseason when they brought in Calais Campbell, Patrick Queen, an inside linebacker, Derek Wolf in free agency, like when they brought these guys in, the hope was that you could, you could get pressure without blitzing. So we'll, we'll see what their game plan is on, on Sunday. Because, you know, if there is a game where you can get home, you know, against this Bengals offensive line, you know, I really think that you can get home four or five and you can drop some of those corners into coverage. Um, what they've been doing a lot, uh, they lost their slot cornerback, Kayvon Young, for the season. So they've been moving Marlon Humphrey into the slot. So they'll have Marcus Peters on one side, on the outside, Jimmy Smith on the other outside, and then Marlon Humphrey, which is, which is interesting because you don't see – a player of, of that caliber, of his size, really of, of it, it's just a unique situation and, and it speaks to how good he is that he's able to play on the inside. So that's going to come in handy, uh, especially when you're dealing with, you know, T. Higgins, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. You've got weapons out there. Um, and I think that it, I think that it might just be mono a mono and I think they're going to, uh, I think they're just going to try and let the talent go versus the talent and see where they can, uh, see where they can win their matchups. Well, I, you know, the, the way the Bengals guaranteed lose is if Baltimore brings four and gets pressure to Joe Burrow because the secondary is good enough yeah. and the game plan is good enough for Baltimore 
that the Bengals would just dink and dunk and the offense would move, but you're not going to be able to control the ball because Baltimore is going to run all over us. So uh, that's that's one of those formulas that I don't think Cincinnati would win with. They need to at least block the front four. And then, hey, you go ahead and blitz. We think we have a future elite, maybe top 10 right now, according to PFF quarterback, and even top 10 against the blitz. And we want you to blitz. And our guys are going to win one-on-one matchups. That's a little more of a path to victory. I want your path, because you're on a Cincinnati podcast. So our fans need to hear, <laughs> you're, yeah, okay, 14-point favorites to open the week. That that line's moving, as I think it should. I don't know if it's 14. I think Joe Burrow's a backdoor cover genius. So even if it's a blowout, I think that there's a chance for a backdoor there. But if you had to pick a path for a Bengals victory, how the game plays out, what do you see happening on Sunday um, at 1 p.m. Eastern in Baltimore? Yeah, uh, well... So one of the things that I really I, I thought about a lot uh, in these last couple of days actually was uh, was that last game that they played uh, in Baltimore actually when um, when the Ravens and Bengals played because the one in Cincinnati I mean that was I think if memory serves forty nine to thirteen that was the game that Lamar put the shades on and spun through the Bengals defense and you know that game that you know that's a whole different breed but I think what that game in 2019 in Baltimore showed was that, you know, the Bengals, even if you get statistically kind of washed, I think total, I think the Ravens had like double total yards than the Bengals. I think what you need to happen is you need a couple of plays to go your way, like a kickoff return. They opened that game with a kickoff return for a touchdown that kept them in the game. Um, but Lamar Jackson didn't throw, uh, didn't throw, uh, excuse me, didn't throw any interceptions. Uh, I I don't know. If, I don't think the Ravens lost any turnovers, lost any fumbles that game. If they did, it was one. I think you've got to turn the football over because you said yeah. it yourself. The Ravens' offense plays well when they are able to go even if it's three nothing. You go up three nothing, and the problem with playing the Ravens is all right. You're like all right, three nothing. That's not so bad. We're midway through the first quarter. We got six minutes to go. It's okay. And then all of a sudden, they go on a seven minute. 50-second touchdown drive, you look up at the scoreboard, second quarter's already on the way, and it's 10 nothing. And you're like, oh, oh, crap. We need to we need to kind of change some things. We need to – and that's when the Ravens have you. And that's why I think Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are so deadly because when teams get pressed, they, they kind of force things, and that's where they make their mistakes. So I think the Bengals have got to jump out to at least an early maybe – maybe it's not an early lead. You've got to keep the game within one score pretty much the entire way because if the Ravens get ahead by 10 or 13 or 14 or whatever whatever have you, it, it could get ugly. And, um, you know, like you said, I really like Joe Burrow. Uh, I think Joe Burrow has got to play well. Uh, they've certainly got the talent to go on the outside. I mean, we saw on Monday Night Football that – the last time that the Ravens played a team, and I'm not going to say yet that the uh, that the Bengals have as much talent offensively as the Chiefs, but the last time they played a team with this much talent, it really didn't go well for the Ravens. So I think you've got to spread them out. You've got to confuse them. And, you know, you mentioned those five wide looks. I think you've got to get as much speed and talent on the field as possible and, and try and use your weapons and, and hope that Joe Burrow can, uh, can play. You know, uh, last thing I'll say on that uh, – Defensive coordinator Wink Martindale said earlier this week when he was talking about Patrick Queen, uh, the Ravens' uh, first-round pick and inside linebacker, said that you know in a lot of years this is 
the first regular season game for him. You know, we've already, we've played our four preseason games. You know, these guys didn't have an off season. He went through that whole thing. And, and I kind of think that same thing with Joe Burrow. This is, you know, Joe Burrow has been thrown into the fire now. You know, he obviously came in an experienced quarterback. He's gotten a taste of the NFL. He admittedly, he knows he doesn't have an offensive line. And I, I'm just curious to see what he can do against a Ravens team that, you know, really, like I mentioned earlier, they need a win just to stack wins. This isn't a must-win game. You know, it's not as important of a game to the Ravens as it is to the Bengals, at least at this point in time. Yeah, and listen, if Baltimore wins 31-17, you know, nobody's going to think any differently about either of these teams. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give my formula to win because you actually beat me to it. I mean, you're, I mean, you're, I guess we're looking at the same numbers and we're both smart guys, so I guess that, that was pretty easy to figure out, but... I think the Ravens are like a major league version of the Browns in terms of if you look at sharp football stats has, you know, percent of plays they run, um, how much they control the ball, how much they're moving uh, the other team's defensive line. And I think Baltimore is just like a super souped up Browns to where they will control the ball. They will control the game. And the reason why I say Browns and not somebody else is because the Bengals have played the Browns this year. And the Bengals Mm -hmm. saw a run-first team get a 14-3 lead in that game. And although Joe Burrow was fantastic, he had to throw the ball 61 times. He got his skull beat in, and you still ended up losing 35-30. And that is not the Ravens. If you give the Ravens a 14-3 lead, it's absolutely over. In the same way that the Ravens are like a major league souped-up Cleveland Browns, if you look at the numbers, if you look at the skill positions, the Bengals are like a minor league version of the Kansas City Chiefs so the formula for winning for both of these teams I think exists in those two previous games the Ravens should employ the exact same strategy the Browns used blitz early try to force Joe Burrow to stall out grab a lead run it down their throats because the Bengals no matter what they do defensively just don't have the talent to stop this run game for Baltimore which is averaging 160 yards a game Bengals are giving up 158 So that sounds like 200 on the ground for Baltimore, especially if they're controlling the game and they're out in front. And if you're Baltimore, pray that this is the week Joe Burrow, pray that this isn't the week Joe Burrow figures out the deep ball. This so far this year, one of 23 on passes 20 plus yards down the field, and they've been awfully close. And his yards per, I mean, he would be statistically, uh, based on the classic counting stats, a top 10 quarterback had some of these deep balls hit And as we know, he's the greatest deep ball thrower possibly in the history of SEC football. So that feels like a thing that won't continue forever. And if the Ravens are going to blitz Joe Burrow and leave man coverage on the outside, you just have to win a few routes. You have to throw the ball down the field and you have to get a lead on Baltimore and then force Lamar Jackson to play that game again. Now, you still might lose because Lamar's pretty great and Cincinnati's secondary is You know, they've got Jesse Bates, but really they're a league average to maybe top 10 on their best days unit. Baltimore may still win the game, but Cincinnati's only chance at victory is to play a Kansas City Chiefs style. Big plays down the field, stretch the defense, get them out of blitzing Joe Burrow because you're ripping them up through the air, and grab a lead, hold on to it, and maybe you can pull an upset. Um, That's the only really formula I see for Cincinnati is them dropping 350, 370, 390 even yards through the air on this Baltimore defense and Joe Mixon having a solid day and having the lead 
And just basically, the only way they win is if at the end of this game, we're saying, wow, Lamar's a better quarterback right now, but Joe's going to be a, a, he's because he's a better drop back passer. Joe might be better in two or three years. And that's the only way you win this game. Now, I still think that might be true, but my prediction, and Andrew, I'll let you give yours or not. I don't know if you're into giving predictions, but my prediction is 31-20 Baltimore backdoor cover Cincinnati. I think it's close in the first half. Baltimore just wears down the Bengals. They'll run the ball all over them. And then Joe Burrow leads one last touchdown drive, 31-20. Final score, I make money for the week because I took the Bengals plus 13.5. Baltimore's 4-1. and one. Cincinnati's 1-3-1, one, and one, and we move on. What do you think happens this week? Uh, I think you're pretty much on. I was going to say uh, 34-24. Um, you know, I think predictions are fun. I, I don't like when people don't give them. I, I think they're fun. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say Ravens 34-24. Um, yeah, like, like you kind of hit on, I, I think that, uh, I think that the Bengals do hang around. I mean, I think Joe Burrow and that offense is kind of too good to just completely wash them away. Um, now I do think it, like, you know, it's a, like I said, it's just a weird, it's a weird game for the Ravens because they're not hyping this game up as, you know, this is the game that we need to win. You know, like, like the Kansas city game a couple weeks ago, basically, you know, the Ravens at the end of the season, they play. Uh, once they get through Cincinnati and Philadelphia, which you would probably assume at this point are two wins, they play Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, New England, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh five straight weeks. So right now it's about stacking wins. It's about trying to hone your own game. So I wouldn't expect any you know wild trick plays. I don't think the Ravens are going to show those early. I know they ran a fake punt last weekend against Washington, but for now I think that the I think that the Ravens are able to get out to a big lead. I think Joe Burrow is going to impress. Uh, I say I wouldn't, you know, put it past Joe Burrow, maybe making a rookie mistake against some of these really talented corners in Baltimore. And I think that could hurt. But I think, uh, you know, I think we're going to hit the over and I think the Bengals are going to cover. Um, but I do think the Ravens are going to win. Yeah, I, we're on the same page on a lot. And that's always fun. It means uh, if you're the one covering the Ravens. So if we're on the same page with a lot, that means I did a pretty good job looking at my computer this week <laughs> at all these numbers and, and watching the film. Bengals in a similar stretch too, Andrew. At Baltimore, at Indianapolis, home against Cleveland, home against Tennessee, at Pittsburgh is the next five games for the Cincinnati Bengals. So, to me, they're going one and four in that stretch. Or or two and three is my my best hope, I believe. But to me, they're one and four. a sunny day, yeah. Yeah, one and four or two. I mean, if they go two and three in this stretch, they might make the playoffs. I mean, with, I mean, they might, the AFC North might get three teams in. Uh, outside of the division champion, if we're sitting in that situation. But remains to be seen. A lot of fun early season. And Andrew, will definitely have to have you on again uh, before week 17. Hopefully the Bengals are fighting for a playoff spot. And uh, hopefully the Ravens are going to go ahead and somehow get the one seed and be resting in that one so we don't have to see Lamar. Can we make that deal now? <laughs> Can you rest, guys, week 17? Because I predicted, hey, before the season I said 9-7 and seven Bengals, which the 0-2 start wrecked that. Um, but they're they're looking similar to what I thought they would look. But a key to them winning seven, eight, or nine games this year, I have said time and time again, is Baltimore resting players in Week 17. And I just don't think well, it's going to happen at this point. So I'm going to be I'm going to be a, a damp towel on this whole thing. So last year, uh, the Ravens in Week 17, they had everything clinched. They had home field clinched going into Week 17 against the Steelers. They rested some guys, which I thought was the correct decision. But we all know that yeah. they rested some guys week mm. 17. They lost to the Titans. 
Uh, you know, Coach Harbaugh said he, you know, was, he was pretty candid after the fact. He said that, you know, maybe looking back on it, you know, maybe I'll do something different next year. I, I don't know, you know, if we're in the same spot. So, you know, maybe you know, <laughs> maybe we won't be as lucky. Uh, there is only one bye week this year. Uh, so, you know, the Ravens might still be playing for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, even if, even if the Ravens are in that number one spot in the driver's seat in the AFC, I wouldn't expect, uh, wouldn't be counting on that week 17. Well, uh, hopes right out the window. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Appreciate it. That's Andrew Gillis from NBC Sports Washington. Uh, follow him on Twitter, Andrew underscore Gillis 70. Thanks so much for joining the show, man. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it and uh, should be hopefully a fun matchup on Sunday. Um, and uh, this looks to be a really fantastic rivalry. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow, at least for the next half decade and probably even more. So plenty more rivalry games and, and fun updates to come. Andrew, appreciate it. And uh, have a good week, my man. Have a good weekend. I can't wait to read your stuff after the game. Thanks for having me on, man. Really appreciate it. All right, that's Andrew Gillis. This has been the 3AM Coney. We'll see you guys later.